Welcome to this week's podcast from Gathering Place Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit our website at gatheringplacechurch.com. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. Thank you for all your prayers. I got hit with a bug late last Saturday. I heard, I heard my wife, Brianna, did a wonderful job speaking on worship. Uh, she also just finished up uh, at a women's conference. We had several churches come together at Faith Church, and she spoke and helped put all that together. And so those of you, those of you ladies that were there, I heard you were blessed, and our community was blessed. Isn't it powerful when churches can come together and be the body of Christ and be the kingdom of God? That's what it's all about. Well, this morning, man, I've been praying and just seeking the heart of God for what he wants to say, what he wants to do this morning. And I love it because that song, Fullness, that we ask the spirit, the fullness of God to be poured out into our lives. I've also been praying and just as God was relaying the word vision and direction into my life. And so this morning I wanna speak on the thought of divine direction. Can anybody use a little divine direction in your life, a little divine wisdom? I love it. I thought maybe, okay, divine destination, but in, with Christ, we never really arrive at a destination. It's just direction for our lives where he's taking us and where he's leading us. So I pray this morning that you would align your situation with the divine direction of heaven and that you would allow Jesus, the spirit of God, to speak directly in to what you're asking God for in your life. Several weeks ago, we uh, talked of Uh, the power of becoming, and we become what we behold, and how when we behold Christ, we become like Christ, and Christ is our goal. Christ is what we strive to attain. Christ is spiritual success, and so this morning and throughout, uh, I pray throughout these last few weeks of our talks, last week we talked of worship, that worship, as I was studying along the topic of worship, is that worship can be known as worth-ship, Worship is what you assign your worth to. And you being here this morning, you're putting the highest value on Christ. That's what you're attaching your worth to, that I am giving my worth, my allegiance. I am worshiping Christ. I don't don't assign my worth to my money. I don't assign worth even to family. I assign the highest value, the highest worth to Christ. That is worth-ship. So when you worship, think, I am attaching all worth of my life to Christ. And so this morning as we talk along the subject of divine direction, you know, I was thinking about the power of decisions and how all of us make countless decisions each and every day, some big, some small. But I wrote this down, the decisions we make today determines the stories we tell tomorrow. The decisions that you make today determine the stories that you're going to tell. And now when we think about decisions both small and big, A lot of the times we put um, a lot of time into big decisions, which is good, but many times it's the everyday little decisions that we just kind of neglect and we don't put a lot of value in, which then lead us when we're ready to make a big decision, we usually make the wrong decision because we weren't putting the time and value into the everyday routine of our lives. You know, there's a lot of people and maybe you have a friend who, uh, or maybe you're that friend 
who has a hard time at making decisions. Anybody know someone who, man, they, you're not going to ask them to make a decision because they're not going to make a decision. And uh, many times, simple decisions, Bree and I, okay, where do we want to eat? Where do we want to go? It's this back and forth, and no decision is ever made. I'm trying to please her. She's trying to please me. At the end of the day, we know she's going to make the decision, but I'm trying to allow her to make that decision. Sometimes I put my foot down and say, this is where we're eating. This is where we're going. (laughs) Right. It sounds good. Sounds good. I'm prophesying that this morning. Men, the struggle is real, okay? But then we have decisions that we have to make of things like, do I want to date this person? Am I going to marry this person? Is this the job that I'm going to take? Is this the church that I'm going to go to? Right? We have these decisions. Is this the house I'm going to buy? Is this the car I'm going to buy? I believe that there is divine instruction, there is divine direction when you get into the word of God and you spend time with God, that you can have a knowing that there's an art of leaning in and asking heaven, asking Christ for what is the direction you have for my life. I love this as well as I wrote this down, is you are the result of the decisions that you made in the past, who you will become and what you will be able to accomplish in the future. For the most part, it will be a direct result of the decisions that you make today. If you look at where you are today, it's because of decisions that you made in the past. It's decisions you maybe made months ago. Or if you're here simply at church, it's a decision you made at one point that this is the church that I'm going to invest my life into. This is the church I'm going to serve. This is the church, the body that's going to feed me, which all of you, that is a great decision. I'm proud of you. This is where you have decided to land and call your base and call your home. You know, as you read scripture, and this thought came to me, is God says very little about the future, just kind of overall for our lives, but what he says a lot is about today. He says a lot, he speaks to our today, he speaks to our now. Many times we try to seek God, what's the future, what's the future, what's the future? But if you lose sight of what the present is and what God is wanting to do today, then you're really gonna miss your future because the future is all a result of the decisions you make today. Many times if you lose sight of today, you're not gonna gain what you're going toward and what you're moving toward in the future. So I wanna share a couple thoughts of how you get God's vision for your life. Scripture says in Proverbs 28, we know it very well here that it says, my people uh, perish for lack of vision, but those that have vision it says in the New King James, are happy. And so when you break down that word perishing, it means a slow death. So if you don't have God's vision for your life, there is a slow death that's taking place. But when you have God's vision, and those of you, you can say amen, you're fulfilled, you have purpose, you wake up intentional in the morning, you know what you're called to do. See, many times we even associate calling with a direct something we do. But calling is so much bigger than that. Calling is who God is calling us to become. God is way more concerned, and we're going to talk about this morning, of who we're becoming than what we're doing. We put way more focus on what we're doing, but God is more concerned about who we are becoming. This is his heart for us. This is his vision. If you're taking notes, I said it like this, is God is more concerned with who you're becoming, again, than what 
you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says this. This is God's will for our lives. If you're seeking God's will, if you're searching God's will, this is what encompasses God's will. It says it very clearly. God's will is for you to be holy. And then it goes on to list of what that looks like. But it says that we are to be holy. You know, there was uh, a picture I saw recently. It showed the difference between holiness and happiness, right? That all of us would say we want to be happy. And God, yes, wants us to be happy. But he is more concerned about our holiness. And when you pray and when you seek God, do your prayers sound like, God, is, is this going to make me happy? Is this going to make me feel good today? When really the way God desires us to pray and the mature way to pray is, God, is this going to make me holy? Is this going to set me apart? The Greek word, the Greek definition of holiness is to be set apart. And so when we're seeking divine direction, there is this aspect because it, at, the, at the, the core of our lives, God's heart is to make you and I holy. And so when we're seeking direction, when we're praying, again, God is more concerned in who we are becoming. And in order for us to become, it is holiness. God wants to set you apart for a specific purpose. And we've taught on holiness a lot here at this church that it's not just a religious, rigorous system, but holiness is who we are. Holiness is who Christ is. And when you have Christ in your life, there's holiness that is deep in you and you begin to walk in holiness. You know, I love it is how we become who Christ was by nature through grace. You've heard me say that before is in order for us to walk in holiness, in order for us to get direction, is this idea, again, several weeks ago of chair time, that when we get in the presence of God, that's how we become like Christ, and he gives us grace, and he gives us mysteries, things like last week where we took communion, the, the mystery of communion and what happens, the mystery, or in other words, the sacrament of worship, that when you worship, when you get in the word of God, when you partake of communion, you are partaking in the, the, the visible means of how grace is deposited into our life. That's why we gather together that this is a visible way that the grace of God is deposited into your life. So don't ever underestimate when you come to church, when you lift your hands, when you pray, when you repent, Jesus, the grace of who he is, his life is being deposited and poured inside of you. Now, isn't that amazing when you really think about it? Scripture even says, and Paul says to this, is that for generations, they didn't know the mystery. They didn't get it. But the mystery is now revealed. I believe it's Colossians 1, uh, 26. It says that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you want to get divine direction for your life, Christ has to be in you. And when you spend time or you're in communion with Christ, you're going to have the divine direction, the wisdom of God deposited into your life. I love this as well, is we need to stop asking again the question of what does God want me to do? We need to ask the question of who does God want me to become? Now, when you begin to ask the question of who does God want me to become, you can be picking up junk for a job. You can be a pastor for a job. You can be a businessman for a job. You can be working at Kroger. The act of what you're doing doesn't reflect of, okay, who am I trying to become? When I was working at KFC, there was times I was tested on my integrity. God was, was teaching me what was happening and how I was working. Was I going to show up on time? Was I going to cheat? 
all of those lessons that were instilled at that part of my life, the same lessons I'm still tested with today. And so don't always look to get out of a certain job or out of a certain place. Stop and take a minute and ask, okay, God, who are you trying, how, how are you trying to invest and pour yourself into me so that I can become who you're calling me to be? So it's all about the who before the do. He's more concerned about the who, not the do off the bat. So what I'm trying to get you to refocus and get your perspective change on is that you would stop, take a step back and say, in this season of my life, Holy Spirit, who are you wanting me to become? And I think about my role here as your pastor. Yes, that is a role in my life, but that is not my primary role. My primary role is to be a man of integrity, is to be a man of, of pursuing holiness, as it is with all of us. And then what I do is a pastor, but who I am is not a pastor. Who I am is a son of God. Who I am is, is one that desires to commune with Christ, and out of that, what I do is pastor. And so there's this American dream there's the, what we see and what we talk about and what we do that tries to define labels that I'm Garrett the pastor or I'm put yourself in what you do in that blank. But what the heart of God is to get divine direction is you are Charles, a holy man. You're Tim, a holy man. That he wants the holiness of God to be defined in your life. You know, I could be the best preacher in Florence, Kentucky, which y'all think I am, you tell me every week. But if I have a lip and a tongue toward my wife, or if I'm verbally abusive to her, then I'm out of the will of God. You can be, I can be a pastor and be out of the will of God if my integrity, if my holiness, if there's unrepented sin in my life, the same as with all of us, we can be out of the will of God if there is unrepentive, unconfessed sin in our lives. And so we need to put the focus on the who we are, not what we do. You know, I love as well when you look in the Gospels, when Jesus went and called the apostles. He called them away really from what they do, their careers to go and follow Christ, right? That we, we don't see Jesus speak a whole lot of, of your career and, and this is what I want you to do. It's usually he called people away from that and said, now I want you to follow Christ. Now I'm going to put vision and purpose and direction in your life. You can write this down. God's will is more about who you are, again, than what you do. I also love this as well. If you're becoming the right who, you will choose the right do. So if you need wisdom in your life, if you're becoming that right person, you're gonna have a much uh, clear, direct sense, and you're gonna be able to choose the right do in your life or what you feel God is calling to do because you're becoming the right who. Secondly is this, it's the why before the what. It's the why before the what. Proverbs 16.2 says, you may think everything you do is right, but the Lord judges your motives. Right, this is a tough place to be when, it's fo when following Christ, is that simply what we do isn't enough, but Christ looks at the motives, what motivates us 
for the reasons we do what we do. Motives really do matter to God. And as Bree spoke of last week, taking time to examine yourself, examining your motives. Why am I uh, motivated to be in a relationship with this person? Why am I motivated to work this job? Why am I motivated to make this financial decision? Our motives are what motivate us. It's the inward working of the decisions we make. You know, there's two reasons for doing something. Number one is what sounds good, and number two is the real reason. Many times we trick ourselves and we fool ourselves. Well, this sounds good, and this will look good, but the real reason behind it is usually if it can be fueled by an insecurity or it can be fueled that I want this image or I want this perception in my life, and we make a bad decision. Psalms 139, again, says of this, it says, this is the, was the heart of David, and I pray this is your heart as you're seeking and searching for divine direction. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. This is a dangerous prayer. It says, and see if there be any grievous ways in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So this is asking the Holy Spirit, and this is a prayer you can pray before making a life decision, before when there is uh, uh, dis-ease or discomfort in your life, before a decision you have to make, say, okay, Holy Spirit, search my heart, try my thoughts. If there's any way, any offensive ways in me, and other translations say, then check me, bring it to the surface, and heal it. Again, the decisions we make in life determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. I pray as Christians that we can get the will of God and we can get the presence of God in our lives so that I've heard it said before and, and, and I'm, I see it in my life, but a lot of the decisions we make between 18 and 25, whether good or bad, we live with the results in the rest of our life. That's why that time in our life is so vital and so important. You're either undoing decisions you made or you're living off the blessing of those decisions you made. And the same is with other seasons of your life. <clears throat> Scripture also says this, is Paul was uh, asking the question, what should I do in Colossians 3.17? And it says this, it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, hear this right here, do it all. Everybody say it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him. I love that. You know, when it comes to motives as well, it's impossible to get to the right place when you, or it's impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. And it's impossible to end up in the right destination when you start with the wrong why. Where you want to get in your life, if it's motivated and fueled by wrong motives, it makes your path and your journey almost impossible because you're pursuing it in a wrong way. You know, Jesus even warned of this in Galatians 1.10, it speaks of this. We know that Jesus warned practicing righteous acts to be seen by people, we lose the reward, right? We don't wanna be spiritual or we don't wanna come to church to try to please people, but we do it to please God. Look what it says, it says, and I am now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, practically what that looks like when we go to buy a car, right? We all make decisions of what kind of car, what kind of vehicle we're going to drive. Is 
Are we making a decision? Are we getting way out of our budget? Because, man, this is going to make me look good. I'm going to feel a little better in this vehicle. The person next to me at the stoplight is going to love me when, I see, when he sees me driving this car. Or am I doing it because, you know, a right motive is it's in my budget. I can afford it. It's going to be a blessing to my family. I can work with it. And so, again, it's, it's tossing these motives and checking your motives around when you make big decisions like that. Same as on social media. This is a big one. Why am I posting this photo? Is it to get likes or I'm a little lonely today so I need some people to tell me how good I look or how well uh, dressed I am or man, I got the outfit of the day going on today and somebody's got to see it. (laughs) Or men, when we buy flowers for our wives or we try uh, to, to please our wives, what's the motive behind that? Is it simply to say, I love you or is there some strings attached to that? All right? So there's this motive we have to fight to impress, to be liked, to be validated. These are human emotions. I want somebody to envy me. But at the end of the day, if we can get to the place of who we are becoming, that we want to please God with our lives, then the do and uh, the who we're trying to become begins to connect together, is what I'm trying to say. Also, I love this as well, is pleasing God isn't a few big decisions. It's countless daily decisions of denying yourself and following Christ. If you want to please God, it's not just in the big decisions we make. It is getting up every day and saying, I want to honor God with my life. It's, I'm going to choose to be a dad who serves my son. I'm going to choose to be a husband who serves my wife. I'm going to serve those around me. It's making selfless decisions and saying, here I am, Lord, use me. I want to please you today. And so it's making these daily decisions of choosing to die to ourselves. I love this as well. When you serve Jesus right here, it helps you get to the right there. When you choose to serve Jesus here and be faithful with what he's put in your hands now, it's going to help you progress and get to where you want to be or where you feel God is leading you. You know, people look at successful people and they think that they must have made a few really big decisions that helped them become successful. If you see someone who is faithful in making a difference for the kingdom of God, there were countless of decisions of denying self, dying to self day after day. And so when you see people that are successful, it wasn't a few decisions they made and they got a lucky break and boom, there they were. It was countless decisions day after day after day, after day. You know, I love this prayer by St. Patrick. We celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and this is just a prayer that St. Patrick had of how to allow Christ to be his center. And Tim, if you have this, you can put it up. I want to read this to you, and I pray that this would be a prayer that you would take into your prayer life. But he says this. He says, Christ be in the eyes of all who see me, and Christ be in the ears of all who hear me, Christ in the mouths of all who speak of me, and Christ be in the hearts of all who love me and in the minds of all who think of me. Christ go before me, Christ and behind me, Christ be above me and beneath me, Christ be on my left and on my right, Christ be my all.
Is anybody's prayer this morning that Christ be your everything, that he leads you, that he hem you and, and gird you up and surround you in all areas of your life? I love this as well. If you want to do something big for God and you have a vision, you feel that God is leading you in a, in a direction, do something small for God today. Get away from always pursuing the big things in life. Hone in to the small things that God has for you to do. You know, what scripture says, if you're faithful with the little, he'll entrust you. If you steward that, then he'll entrust you with more. We cannot neglect the small things in our life. Again, we're seeking divine direction for over here, but if we neglect here, then we're going to miss what God is wanting to do in the process that he has us in. You know, I love as well as we think of calling and we think of purpose and we think of vision is the greatest commandment that God has for our life is what? It's to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our, all our soul, all our mind, and all of our strength, and it's to love our neighbor is ourself. If you say this morning you want a calling, I want to challenge you. Here's a calling. Go and love your neighbor. Go love somebody. All of our calling is love, and if you start there, you're going to see things begin to break and change in your life. You're going to see relationships in your life begin to flourish if you simply take and you begin to love those who God has put around you. You don't step on people and use them to get somewhere. You love them and allow God to work that out. I've seen that in my life. If I get behind, that was my heart when I came back here. I want to serve Pastor Joyce and, and the webs and serve what's happening here and say, God, I want to serve this church. I want to serve this vision. It's powerful. If you have a boss that you can't stand and you want to buck him, and you want to manipulate or, or have wrong motives, try it a little bit of a different way. Just say, I want to begin to love this person. I want to get behind what's trying to be accomplished, and watch what doors God will open up, because your motives are pure, and your motives are God-honoring. I'm telling you, motives matter to God, and if you have a wrong motive, you're going to miss the divine direction that God is wanting to break loose into your life. God's will, again, is the who before the do and the why before the what. I love it. Again, if you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. And if you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. Do you believe that this morning? Bree, if you would come, I want to pray here for you in a minute. I want to impart the wisdom of God into your life that whatever, again, you are facing, that if you would lean into the good Father this morning, I believe you're gonna have divine direction. You're gonna know it. You're gonna have a knowing in your spirit. You're gonna be able to lean in to the still, small voice of God. I pray this morning that as you're checking motives, as you're asking God to search your heart, as you evaluate husbands, wives, sons, daughters, all areas of your life that are important to God, because this is what I think of. In 60 years from now, I'll be 86. I'm gonna live a long, healthy life, right? And if I have the opportunity to lay, because Bree's not gonna go before me, okay? When I have, if I have the opportunity to be at Bree's bedside and hold her hand, you know, I think about what are the things we're gonna talk about. I'll tell you things we're not going to talk about. You're going to give me the cry, don't 
I know. This is real life. Because I always try to think future. I'm not going to talk about all the accomplishments we had here at church, not the growth that took place. What we're going to talk about is, man, I'm thankful that I got to serve you, be a faithful servant to you, and love you for 60 years, right? I'm going to talk about the accomplishments our children had, the love that we shared with one another, the private sacrifices that we've had to make that no one will ever know. You know, there's, when you get past all of the big things and the big decisions and what motivates us to attain and gain and go and grow, and what you begin to find is the things that are closest and most important to you, you can begin to find that, oh my gosh, I'm neglecting it, or yeah, I'm working 70 hours a week, but I'm not present in my home. And so getting God's vision for your life and having spiritual success, it always translates into the physical, yes. But so many times we get it backwards where we miss the direction God is wanting for us in our families in our church, in our walk with him. So those are the things that I want to be able to talk about and I want to be able to grow and, and establish in our life. And that's the heart of this message this morning is that you would check yourself and ask God, do I have your vision for my life? Am I more concerned about what I'm doing in my life right now or who I'm becoming? And when you begin to pray and, and seek God like that, he'll take care of the do if your character, if your integrity, if you're making time for the Spirit of God in your life, He will take care of it. You know, there's many times that I want to run and I want to say, we want to grow and we want to build and we want to go and we want to do. And, and because our heart is this church and is this house and it always will be. But there's many times that you can get ahead of God. Anybody ever got ahead of God before? And you can neglect what He's wanting to do in this season, in this moment of your life. So again, my prayer for you is that you would lean into the Spirit of God and you would allow the process that He has you in to make you in who He wants you to become. Scripture says that we go from glory to glory to glory. Our, your purpose here in being here this morning is to be in communion with Christ. To say, I repent of anything that's not of Him, I want to behold him this morning. And as I behold him, I will become. And as I become, the what in my life starts to make sense. The who I am supposed to be starts to come together. And value begins to come up in your life. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Jesus, we pray. We come before you right now. God, I thank you that there's vision in this room. God, that there's hearts that want to please you. There's hearts that say like David did, God, search me and try me. Test my motives. God, I pray as we're praying that this morning, God, that you're fighting on our behalf and you're gonna speak to us on our behalf. God, I pray anything that's selfish within us, that we lay it down right now at the foot of the cross. God, we want to be selfless. We know that this life is short and our calling isn't always a position, but it's people. God, let us love the people 
in our sphere, in our life, in our church that you've placed in our lives. And as we love them, we will fulfill the greatest commandment and we'll become who you've called us to be. And as we become, as we behold, we will become. And you begin to take care and you begin to open doors, whether it's business, whether it's opportunity. God, you take care of that. But God, we wanna take care of our soul this morning and make sure our motives, our soul is right. God, we commune with you right now. Holy Spirit, as we lift our hands, we ask for divine direction. God, I pray for those that are asking you for, for opportunity, those that are wanting to move into the future of what you have for them. God, impart your divine direction right now into their lives. God, speak to them. God, we ask that your blessing would be upon them. God, that they would walk with the wisdom of Christ. God, we want to go from glory to glory. We refuse to stay stagnant. But God, as we grow, grow our soul, grow our inner man. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Can we thank God for imparting divine direction in our life? Amen. I believe you're going to be blessed this week as you lean in, as you allow Christ to grow you and mold you and transform you, that we have access to divine wisdom, to eternal wisdom. Get in the book of Proverbs, read it and study it. There's 31 chapters. You can read one book a month and you're going to get the wisdom of God within you each and every day. It's life-changing. And I believe as you make godly decisions, you're going to see godly fruit of it. It's how it works. But in order to make godly decisions, we have to have divine directions. So as we prepare to give this morning, ushers, as you guys come, you know what's amazing is when you get God's heart for your finances, again, it says that my people perish for lack of vision. You know, we don't want death and we don't want the motivation of mammon. We want our motives to be pure in our money. We want to handle our money with in integrity. Scripture speaks of tithe is that this is the way to break the devil's back over your finances. This is a weapon and a tool that he's given us. And when we tithe 10% of our income, a tithe is a tenth. The devourer is rebuked for our sake. And when you tithe, GPC, we need to know this, that you're testing God. And he says, he, this is the one thing he says to test me in. You know, in order to have vision for your life, in order for this ministry to take place, the ministry he's called you to and your family and your workplace, it takes money to fuel that. Now, I believe as you tithe and as you give, you're going to see God's hand provide for you for the vision he's put within you. But you have to trust him. You have to step out. And each and every week, this is a generous church. And as you trust God, you're going to get his vision for your money and for your finances. It's not going to control you, but it's going to be a tool to be a blessing to you and a blessing to others. And as you give this morning, know and always know that your money is connected to souls, is connected to lives, is connected to the 100 plus children that walk these halls here at Zion Christian Academy and the word of God is being poured into them. You're investing into the kingdom of God. Aren't you thankful that he's given us the tool to tithe? And I want your faith to increase and your faith to be encouraged that every time you give, maybe 
You can't give 10%, but you can begin to work your way up to that and trust God. You give your time, you give your talents, and you're gonna see God's hand move for you. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that you've given us the tool of the tithe. God, I pray that we would get your vision and that you would encourage and increase our vision for our finances and for our money. God, it is a blessing to give. It says that you love a cheerful giver. God, every time we give online or we bring the tithe here into the the service, God, we do it cheerfully and thankfully that what we are investing into. God, give us divine direction as we make financial decisions this week and beyond. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. For more messages like this one, check out our website at gatheringplacechurch.com.